0: What is going on, everybody, and welcome into a Wednesday, June 29th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings, um, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are in the dog days of summer. Basketball is done. Um, Hockey is done. I put out a baseball loser yesterday. Pretty standard there. Um, But what we do have is football around the corner. And, you know, we got the holiday weekend creeping up July 4th. It's never too early to start breaking down futures. And we're going to start actually this year. We will have plenty of NFL content for you. Don't worry. But we're going to start this year on the college football side of things. Um, College football starts earlier, obviously, by a few weeks than the NFL. And I think we've got a pretty interesting, uh, interesting board this year so to do so we're bringing in guests per usual uh Tyler Wyatt you can find him on Twitter at BetSmartUS is that right Tyler I just had it in front of me and I lost it which
1: is silly of me you nailed it home run all right bet, BetSmartUS we need bet more home runs I, I, everyone's having a bad everyone's having a bad fall June I feel like so so don't feel like you're uh that you're out there on uh Julian Island I'm, I'm always
0: on Julian Island. I need to go to Julian Island for a week and just like stay away from, from some games. Now that basketball's over. That's what I need to do. All right. So, so far the two power conferences that I would say I've looked into the most um, would be the sec and the ACC. So that's kind of what we're going to focus on today. Um, We'll be back later in the summer and kind of focus maybe more on, on some of the other conferences. Um. And we'll sprinkle in we'll sprinkle in some of the other power stuff today, but let's uh, let's start in the ACC actually because <clears throat> for some reason, you know, I keep looking through all these college football magazines. I keep going through the schedule. I keep going through look ahead lines. I keep going through win totals and futures and whatnot. And for some reason, I keep getting brought into all these bets on the ACC which is weird for me because I'm usually start I'm usually I'm a big SEC guy or I'll wind up in some of the other power conferences and sprinkle in some of the the lesser conferences and not pay much attention to to the ACC but here I am um very interested in teams like Pitt very interested in teams like NC State um and very interested in going against teams like UNC let's start at the at the top I guess which would be Clemson, wildly disappointing last season, not looking that much different this season, poor quarterback play, I think losing some coordinators um, that are important there to Dabo. I'm not going under Clemson's win total or anything. If you made me play it, I would go under because I think they definitely have a couple of losable games. I'm just more inclined to look at a team like NC State that we'll touch on later and take the long odds there on a team like NC State to win the conference. Um, Take the 10 points with a team like NC State when those two teams play, even though I think it's a revenge spot that Clemson should win, but double digits is a lot there. Um, Tyler, any takes on on Clemson here for you in terms of bets or is it a stay away spot kind of like it is for me?
1: It's it's pretty bad that after a ten and three season, we're talking about Clemson like they're like they're just buried and gone and forgotten about. Yep, I, I do agree that I don't think that they're going to be the Clemson that we've seen four, five, six years over the past four, five, six years. I think last year was an outlier, but I do not think that they're a eleven win college football playoff team this year. They're going to be favored a whole bunch. Uh, Outside of Notre Dame, I don't think right now that they're at least a considerable underdog in any matchup. You could look at Wake and NC State there in back to back weeks. I was going to say, uh, if you think they're going
0: to lose that Notre Dame game, it's pretty easy to say that they maybe split those back to back Wake NC State games.
1: Yeah. And that puts them at 10 and 2, which, you know, most teams are going to be happy with. Clemson fans, you know, probably not. They're not at 10 and 2, they're not going to ball playoff. I wouldn't think unless there was just a, you know, Unless college football season was wrecked this year. But yeah, I mean I, I look at Clemson and see nine or ten wins and I don't see I don't see them going through that ceiling of ten. If injury, you know, if if it happened like that, you're talking about a team that could easily lose three or four times and you know, their win totals nowhere in jeopardy But yeah, when I look at Clemson, just not a team that I have a lot of faith in.
0: Um, all right. So it seems like we're on, we're on the same page there. Um, let's go down. I mean, let's just go right to NC state because that's the team that, that has my, my eye. They were very good last season. Um, you know, lose, lose the O lineman as a top 10 pick, but they bring back a ton of starters on, on offense. I think they bring back seven, um, not their leading receiver, but their their next two leading receivers. They have a legit quarterback, maybe the best quarterback in the conference. We'll see. Um, and they bring back, I think, all but one starters on starters on on defense. Is that that's what you have, right, Tyler? They're bringing back ten yeah, of eleven the, defensive starters.
1: Yeah, almost ninety percent of their production. They they don't lose much at all on defense. So. Yeah,
0: and they were a really good defensive team. Last season, so that's going to be the backbone of this team, and then we'll see what the offense can do with really good quarterback play. For me, this one, I already wrote this one up on DK Playbook, put an article out. It's juicy, but I don't mind laying juice on win totals when you have the good number. Like I feel like this could close nine and it's at eight and a half minus 150 on on DK. Um, there's a lot worse prices out there than the minus 150. I don't see how this team doesn't get to nine. And if we do wind up offering markets to win 10 games on teams, which I'm, you know, I'm working on that with our traders. I'm trying to open up some more college football markets, getting them at plus good plus money to, to win 10 games, 10 or more games, I should say um, is very intriguing to me. We we mentioned the Clemson spot. It's going to be tough for them to win that game at Clemson after what happened last year. I hope they do. If they don't, I'll take the 10 points anyway. But um, outside of that game, you know, there's a few coin flips towards the end of the season. And they have a, you know, a Texas Tech game in there earlier. I, let's just say they split the coin flips, which is there's four of those. So let's say they lose two and lose to Clemson. You're still already getting to nine.
1: Yeah, similar conversation as Clemson. Clemson is the team right now. I look at that. They're an underdog too. At Louisville, at UNC, to end the season, back-to-back road trips there, where they'll be small, they'll be small road favorites, uh, somewhere in the field goal range right now. Obviously, a lot can change between now and and Thanksgiving. When I look at the schedule, it sits up about as well as possible. Average opponent rating right now in my power rankings is 66. They have a Charleston Southern team that kind of skews that. They're a, a, a really bad FCS team. If you take the Charleston Southern out of the equation, they're still playing teams that are around 60. Outside of Clemson, they don't face a team that's inside my top 25. Wake Forest, you could make an argument that they're low in, in my power ratings. A schedule that's all that tough. You mentioned Devin Leary, one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, and I think a guy that could be a first-round pick uh, in next year's draft. Defense returns absolutely almost everybody, so it's a big team. I think right now have a a very low number. Surprised me at all if they were to win 10 games, but I think nine wins is absolutely reasonable. Absolutely love over in NC State.
0: Yep. We're on the same page there. And I have that. We'll get to we'll get to UNC next because that's a team that I'm not very high on. But that that game against UNC, I think the look ahead is Wolfpack minus four. It's the last game of the regular season and it's on the road for the Wolfpack. But I gimme NC State in in that game. Um, so let's transition right into UNC who they were ranked, I believe 10 going into last season after the huge year they had with Sam, how they lost, we saw the value of losing all those, all those weapons and all those ball carriers to that offense. And they completely fell apart. <clears throat> now they lose Howell and don't gain much. I mean, they keep their top receiver. But who's going to be throwing them the ball? And then outside of that, there's not much improvement anywhere. So as of June 29th, when we record this, I have my NC State article out. I have my UNC article out on the under seven and a half wins there. Key number. Again, we're playing some juice here, which I don't mind on these win totals at minus 135. Other shops are showing you six and a halves on UNC. Um, which is what I think the number should be because I think they're going to win six or seven games, probably seven, but six or seven. Uh, I love the under seven and a half. I don't see how this team loses more pieces a year after going downhill and somehow gets to eight and four um, in in the ACC and with that that schedule. I'm I'm already looking ahead to like, you know, they play Florida A and M in a in a warm up game, which obviously they're they're going to win. Then the next week they go on the road to App State. That's App State's first game. So App State's all in on preparing for UNC there, whereas UNC has something to look ahead to, even though it's a team they're gonna steamroll. App State is a home dog plus three there. Like I I already like that spot. I already told you I'm gonna go against NC State or against UNC and play NC State in that final game of the year on a look ahead line, I think. And then the look ahead line. Pittsburgh is a one point dog at at UNC, um, and I like this Pittsburgh team. I was like that's another spot I'm going to go against UNC. I don't know how they get there. Looking at the games that they should absolutely lose, and then some of these coin flip games, given the pieces they lose. Um, Tyler, do I, I know that you're kind of with me and you would play an under on seven and a half, but can you play devil's advocate at all and say like, why I'm, what am I missing? Why am I like, I'm convinced UNC is just not going to get anywhere close to the
1: seven and a half. Gene Chiswick should help. That defense was just awful last season. They were really bad on the road at home. They were really good. Six and one, they couldn't find a way to win outside of uh, the state of North Carolina. Yep. When I look at the schedule to play devil's advocate, Notre Dame, I think is a clear loss. Miami, you mentioned Pitt. I make that number pit minus four about three weeks ago. I see that. I mean, I, I see a pit team that's going to win that game. Um, you could make a case that Virginia and then the rivalry game are both going to be coin flips. But when I look at the schedule, I only see four wins on paper. I'm saying. So, to play devil's advocate, they're going to have to win a tough game in Boone. Appalachian State, you mentioned, it's their opener. They're going to be fired up. At Georgia State, Georgia State, not a team that is going to Expect they have the upset win over a couple years ago. They're not they're not going to be an easy out. So they play back to back road games there, and then they get Notre Dame. If they were to lose to App State and then go to uh, go back and play Notre Dame at home, you're talking about a team that could be very easily two and two through four games. If that's the case, I think it's panic mode. And then you know, then you're talking about a team that may struggle to get to a bowl game, much less you know seven or eight wins. There are a lot of coin flips if they were to win three out of the, you know, the five corn flips that, that I have on there, I consider, you know, at Miami is a tough game. I made that number five. Uh, Miami should win that game. They're going to beat Duke. Virginia is not very good and Georgia be terrible, but they could absolutely fall to any one of those teams too. And we could look back to last season and, and see that they, they beat some quality teams and they lost to some trash teams. Jekyll yep. and Hyde team if I've ever seen one, I do think, think gene chiswick will help that defense a minute you mentioned the offense they have a number of weapons john what is that
0: down is really good so i so they have the receiver in place but like what are they going to have at quarterback because the defense takes a step forward I, I see the offense taking a step backwards how can you not have it? your quarterback goes to the nfl how can you not take a step backwards
1: I, I do agree there, and I, that's and that's probably the reason that we see a North Carolina team that was about like last year. They're going to be better on defense. They're going to regress on offense, and it's probably a wash in terms of, you know, the end of the season. But when I look at, at North Carolina team, I see a seven-win type of team, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were to go 500. I guess you could make the case that they could uh They would have to win, you know – it probably comes down to NC State. Honestly, it's a when I look at this schedule, I see it's a team that's probably in the six and five range going into NC State, and they've got to win a really tough game against a rival to to maybe get that well, if set. They're, I mean, if they're six, if they're six and five, then we've
0: uh, we won. We cashed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can
0: they yeah. can do. I mean, I'll be mad because I'm going to have NC State in that game, and I want to win my bet on the game. But the win totals the win total is going to cash. So right. we're talking about needing a team. That's seven and four going into that NC State game, and if we're, even if we're there, I still like where we are because I like NC State in that in that game. If it comes down to it, I hope they're six and five going into that game. But even if they're seven and four, I'm gonna be going into that game saying I I still think we we got this.
1: Yeah, in Miami, Pitt, and Wake Forest are all four losses I have marked down. It's even, yep. you know the season out on paper, but I have those. Almost etched in stone right now. I just don't see a North Carolina team that can beat either of those four, and I think they lose to NC State. That's five losses right there. Obviously, it's pretty easy to 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 run it off and play the season, <laughs> but it's just yeah. a team. I yeah, team that I think Mac Brown. You know, long term, I just don't see Mac Brown an ACC championship and and doing. You know, he's had a couple of good teams since coming back there. It's just not a team that I have a whole lot of excitement about going into this season. I'm not sure that that Pitt
0: UNC line is up on DK Sportsbook right now. It was, and I'm sure we'll bring it back Um, October 29th, that game is. But that game is floating around to pick them. And, yeah, I'm going to be all over Pitt there. So let's transition to Pitt, who obviously very good last year, but now you lose a quarterback, first-round NFL draft pick, your number one wide receiver transfers away to, to USC. How are they still going to be good, but you get Slovis, the quarterback transfer from USC back. It's almost like a a college football trade. Um, And there's still pieces there for, for Pitt. I haven't got, I haven't dove into Phil Steele's magazine yet as I do each year um, and we're hoping to have Phil back. He was a guest last year on Unreasonable Odds. We're hoping to have him back in in July. We're working on that. But what I do know is is this: Phil Steele has the Pit Panthers as his number one surprise team um, for the twenty twenty two season. I they're going to be pretty good. They're set at eight and a half overs minus one twenty on DK Sportsbook. I'm working on some alternate win total markets. I would love to get a juicy as if, if you haven't picked up by now on this podcast, I don't mind laying the juice to get that extra win. I think it's smart. Right. So I'll lay a juicy seven and a half if we can get that up on DK Sportsbook. Um this I know that you have pit favored in almost every game of the season. Now there's a handful of coin flips in there, and some are gonna go the wrong way. Uh, but talk to me about why you like this pit panther team so much yet again even after all the turnover
1: schedule's pretty trash <laughs> so if you're a pit fan Perfect. <laughs> i think you know I, there's a lot of winnable football games on there uh the first two games are pretty tough west virginia and then uh, tennessee uh, familiar with the balls from last season they got a win in knoxville so i think there should be some confidence there uh, you mentioned kenny pickett it's really hard to just Right up where you left off, and and go and, and sling the ball around. I love Keaton Slovis in this offense. Yeah, I think uh, it's a it, you know it'll be a little different fit in this versus playing in the Pac-12. But I think weapons uh, they return eight on offense. Um, and when I on what I do when I say that they return eight, if if you lose a quarterback like Pickett and you bring in a guy like Slovis, consider that necessarily a. A wa- it's more of a wash in production. I count what Slovis was able to do in USC. And you're bringing in a guy that, you know, that was able to prove that he's a solid quarterback. Yep, He's got a, a freshman All-American receiver from Akron that transferred in. Kid's going to be really good. Um, he's not Jordan Addison. <laughs> I mean, Jordan Addison's a, you know, first-round type of NFL talent. He's a guy that can go in and probably play in the <clears throat> league almost right away. Yep. But the schedule sets up brilliantly if you're a Pitt fan. Tennessee might be a big game because it's early in the season. But when I look at the schedule, at, home, first,
0: at least it's at home
1: and it, it's at home, you, you have a pit team that if they lose to Tennessee is still going to be five and one going into two road games against Louisville and then against the North Carolina team that we've already talked about, we don't have a whole lot of respect for Louisville. Yeah. I'm not sold that Satterfield makes it out of the season as a head coach. It, he didn't seem like he wanted to be there at the end of last season they didn't seem like they wanted to bring him back. They had an, a change in athletic. Uh, the athletic director there is just a couple of jobs, so he's not his guy. It's a Louisville team I don't have a lot of respect for. Him. We can talk about them later. But I just look at the schedule and see Tennessee being an, uh, the only loss heading into a, maybe a game against North Carolina. And at that point, you're talking about a team that's almost got to the win total, you know, and you're, you're still talking about three or four weeks left in the season.
0: So, this is gonna be you just look at the schedule and you know this is gonna be a fast start, and if it's not, it's a huge problem for Pitt. Uh, um, five of their first six games are at home, and they could be they're gonna be double digit favorites in what like three at least three of those games, maybe even in a road game at Western Michigan.
1: We'll see probably what that at western is. Michigan too, yeah, I have a little western Michigan's a little higher up in my model, but out yeah they're they're absolutely. Going to be close to a double-digit favorite in five. Yeah,
0: six. so now you face the problem of playing four of the last six on the road in conference. Do they come undone down the stretch? I think it, if you just bet the pit over, you're going to be in such good position that if you need to down the stretch, you can fade them in a couple individual games to try and hedge yourself a little bit there if you're worried. But again, some of those road games, like you just said, Louisville and UNC, like, tough back-to-back road games in conference, I guess, but I, in theory, they should win both of those games. They're the better team in both of those games, um, in my mind, as our producer, Samir, who is a pit grad um, and is loving hearing this text, uh, says that Western Michigan is a revenge game. Did they lose? They lost to Western Michigan. Last they lost, year? yeah, ugly game. Life. At home, huh? I for- I kind of remember that. I do remember that. Okay. I forgot about that. And uh, we also have my Rhode Island Rams on the schedule. Um I I don't know what I'm looking at your number here on this game as, as 39. Um Samir and I will have to make a friendly wager on that <laughs> game. I'll be backing the Ram, the roadie Rams plus 40 uh for lunch or something. That'll be fun. Hang on to your hang on to your hat. Um let's really quick before we go into some other teams because we've already talked about all of my favorite teams and my one not favorite team in this conference. I'm going to bring up the DK Sportsbook odds to win the conference. Clemson is minus 130, which Clemson should obviously be favored. I think they're a little too heavily favored though, um at that number as they were as they were last year. You look through the rest of this this conference, like who is the team that you think is worth um taking a stab on. When I did my my NC State article on over eight and a half wins, I included just a quarter unit size play on NC state plus a thousand to win the ACC. Now they're on Clemson's side of things. So they have to either win the game at Clemson or finish with a better record than Clemson. But at 10 to one, I, th- I think that's worth a sprinkle. Um, and if I was playing a second team, it would be Pitt plus 900 on, on the other side. Um, are, are those the teams for you? Or do you see anything deeper Two 2000
1: on wake forest is out there as well. Got Wake projected to win ten games. They would be the only other flyer. Well, it's a three. It's Clemson, Wake, or NC State for me. pit on the other side in the in the coastal. Um, Wake schedule sets up pretty easy. It's a clem You know they play Clemson and NC State. Outside of that, I think they're favorites in every game. Is there any value in Wake? I'm not sure. Is there any value in? I don't think so. Pitt would be the team that I look at, at least in terms of value, uh, you know, to win the conference. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of of money bet on Clemson. uh, But I think Pitt out of the four is the one, at least from a value standpoint, bring, you know, brings the most to the table. The good thing about Pitt, like,
0: let's say Pitt and NC State are comparable teams at the end of the at the end of the season. Let's say they both go over those eight and a half win totals and go nine and three. NC State still has to get through the Clemson side of things, whereas Pittsburgh just has to get through Miami. So, right. if you're thinking about it that way, and one's plus 900 and one's plus 1,000, probably taking the plus 900 on the side where you don't have to deal with Clemson to play in the game is probably the smarter bet, Um, which you know because you're bet smart.
1: You know? <laughs> we don't always um, make smart bets, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> no, you got yeah, to you gotta the make smart bets.
1: Yeah. The path to the championship is just. Pitt, whether it's Clemson Wake or NC State out of uh, out of the Atlantic Division, it's just a tougher road to get there, in my opinion. Not to say that you know either of those three teams will not beat Pitt in the championship game. I just think Pitt can get there and and get there a whole lot easier than either of the other three.
0: Um, all right, any other strong takes from you in in the ACC that you feel the need to give before we move on to the SEC? Saying no is fine. No. (laughs) All right. There's just a whole lot of
1: really good teams teams in the the ACC.
0: Yep. Um, All right. SEC time. I don't know if you know this about me, Tyler. I'm a huge Bama guy. Um, I did not go to Bama. They've just made me some money throughout the years, and I enjoy watching them steamroll teams, particularly on the first half spread. Um, I played some Bama when we opened it up at minus 120, I think, to win the SEC. They're now minus 135 on DK Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook gave a very generous, I believe, minus 180 or minus 190 on the over 10 and a half wins. I'll say this for the fifth time. I don't mind laying some juice on the win total if it's the wrong number. And I feel like this has to be 11. This team's not losing two games. You could push on 11 for sure. Alabama's not going 10 and 2. So I don't care about the juice on 10 and a half. That's fine. Um, Personally, I don't think they're going to lose a game because the hardest game that they have, the only game that they might not be a double-digit favorite, even though they probably will be a double-digit favorite, is the Texas A&M game. But what is the Texas A&M game? It is going to be a home, probably Saturday night game, in a revenge spot for their only regular season loss last season. And they're going to come out guns blazing in that game. I cannot wait. It's about Alabama first half in that game. (laughs) Um, We'll start at the top with Bama. Do you think they – is it 11 or 12? How many do they win, and do you think that they win at all? I think it's
1: 12. And I live in SEC country. Most of the year I'm in Knoxville, and I spend a fair amount of time in Texas. They're not going to beat Texas on the road, not this year, not next year, and probably not any year that Texas is in the SEC. And then you just have a bunch of teams that they're going to be favored over, you know, by three, four or five touchdowns. A&M is the only game that I have circled as far as a, a, a spot. You mentioned revenge well, when it game. comes
0: to the actual spot, I know that's the closest opponent. But once we get there in that moment and if you play spots, we just talked about the revenge pit in uh, Western Michigan. Like I'm
1: all about Bama in this game at the shortest number we'll see all season. a and is the only game that I have circled. And you, you mentioned revenge game. There are maybe a handful of coaches in college ball that care about revenge games. Nick Saban is absolutely that guy. If he loses to you because he loses so – he's he losing, first of all. If he does, it leaves such a bad taste in his mouth that he wants to embarrass you the next time that he gets to see you. And I see that against a this year. That number you mentioned will be – probably around nine or ten somewhere in that neighborhood. Wouldn't surprise me at all if this is a if this is a four touchdown blowout. AM's a good team, talented team. They're not as talented as Alabama. You could talk about Texas a and recruiting and what you know what's going on there. They have a lot of talent. They don't have beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa talent. After there, you go to Tennessee. It's a talented offense, but I don't have any fear that they drop a game in Knoxville, Mississippi State at, at LSU, are they going to lose to Brian Kelly in year one at, at LSU? No, absolutely not. Is Lane Kiffin going to beat uh, Nick Saban in Oxford? No. And then, the, you know, Auburn is, you know, Brian Harson is probably coaching for his job this season. And, I you know, I don't have a lot of faith in, in Auburn to, to do a whole lot. You know, I just do not see a game outside of a where they're gonna be any threat to to lose, and you mentioned ten and a half being a number even, you know, with the high juice. I think they win there's absolutely zero chance in my mind they lose two. So absolutely 10 and a half over is home run. I'm 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 all about that. I think that they
0: do win twelve, but you give yourself room for that one slip up. But they, like once they lose, if they lose once, they're not going to lose again um saban was able to accomplish that last year all the way up until the national championship game including the sec championship game against georgia winning his underdogs there's no way he doesn't accomplish that this year if they do win a game to get them through without losing um another so i think we're at my i think i put it out on twitter at minus 190 we're at minus 240 now on DraftKings sportsbook i don't know if i've ever given out anything as high as minus 240 but if you're listening to this now and you haven't you didn't bet it earlier, like. That's just it's all about putting the money down. Do you mind your money being held, um, you know, through the end of November, through Thanksgiving to collect on Alabama over 10 and a half because that ticket is cashing? Um,
1: Alabama but, over 11, uh, if you could find an alternate, you know, if you could find I, an I alternate. I mean, we dollar. have to get there at
0: some point, I feel like once it. Once the juice gets to a certain point, I feel like we have to move it to to 11.
1: Um, we'll see. Yeah, 10 and a half better, obviously, because you you, you don't push with a loss. It's just a schedule that sets up for them um, beautifully, and and I don't think that you – know, barring an injury – it would take an injury at quarterback, and I mean, yeah. even then they're still probably going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, that's the – I know. that That's the, the – when you're talking about Alabama, they can afford to lose guys that other teams can't. So even – jury no real chance that to me there's just not a chance that they lose two it's 11 and one i think is absolute worst case scenario and i I, you know prop bet if i can if i can find anyone on twitter that wants to bet alabama you know 12 and 0 let me know because because i'll it's probably close to even money but i'll take it
0: yes (laughs) um so tell me this then here's my only question or concern um so they have Young back, which is fantastic, the Heisman Trophy winner. They lose two very good receivers to the NFL. How do they make up the pass catching? Are you comfortable with the guys stepping in to, to catch these passes from Young? Because they didn't look good when they went down in the national title game. But, like, you know, how are you going to beat Georgia with those receivers going down the way things were last year? The The kids stepping in didn't look good. I they have the whole offseason. I assume they're going to look better and then they bring more in. Um, how do you feel
1: about Alabama's pass catchers? It's just going to be next guy up. Whether you cover Alabama on a day-to-day basis, you know, you probably you know those guys if you're outside of you know the SEC footprint, you know, games. Are they going to be as high powered as last year? Maybe not. I, I think the defense is gonna be brilliant. I think it's a you know it's gonna be one of his better defenses in the last couple of years. But I think it's just next up as far as who the receivers are. It it doesn't Tyler, matter. Tyler, we sorry, we cut out again.
0: You wanna just start that one over? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever, whenever you're ready. You can yeah, go for,
1: for, for Alabama, it's just going to be next guy up. It doesn't matter the name on the jersey. I, I trust Young. Uh, Obviously, Heisman winner, you, you know, you don't have to spend much time there. Uh, but the defense is going to be so good that even if the offense were to take a step back or a half step back, the defense is going to put them in position to win absolutely every regular season game and any other game that they were to play.
0: Um, so I assume you like them to win the SEC, both regular season and uh, SEC championship game.
1: Yeah, I think Georgia would be the game that would scare me, but I, I think season uh, particularly, I think Alabama and uh, and Georgia, Alabama, I would give the edge to. Last season, uh, it was a it's a Georgia team that you know that loses quite a bit. Uh, I don't trust Stetson to keep playing at the level that he played at. I'm not sure what level he played at. He played brilliantly in some big yeah. games, but he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. It's a Georgia defense that loses a ton. It's next guy up for them, you know, like Alabama on the offense. Uh, but I think Alabama, about a half step in front of where where Georgia is. Alabama, Georgia locked that in for SEC championship. I think that's, you know, a, but I give Alabama, you know, the lean in that one. Yep. Um,
0: all right, is there anything else on the SEC West side of things for Alabama before we get to Georgia and the East uh, that you think is worth talking about? Because I'm just going to ride the coattails of Alabama
1: this season. LSU is an interesting one. Uh-huh. I do like Brian Kelly as a coach. I don't like him as a human being. That's a whole, whole other story. But okay. it's an I LSU – yeah, I mean, it's an LSU team that I haven't checked Kings' win total for them – in the last six, day or so six and a half.
0: I think it's a little juiced towards the over.
1: Yeah. And, and when I it's look a at six seven
0: win team, right. That, that feels right.
1: Absolutely. And when I look at their schedule, they're going to start out four and zero because they play they, Florida state will be, you know, the, if they win Florida state, they're four and zero going to Auburn. And then they have a couple of games there, Auburn, Tennessee, and Florida. If they were to go one and two there, they're at five wins. And then you have, three, you've got Mississippi, Alabama, you go through, you go through Arkansas, <laughs> but you, you go have a UAB team that, that, yeah, if you have a UAB team, if you split those three, that gets you to six wins. All you have to do is win, you know, one of the last, or one other, I guess, two of the last five to get to, to get you over that number. I trust Brian Kelly to outcoach most of the teams in the SEC West. Lane Kiffin, brilliant offensive mind. Arkansas, I don't have a whole lot of faith in, in. You know, I think Brian Kelly can out coach everyone, not named Nick Saban. If he has the personnel, doesn't quite have the personnel yet, but I think he has enough players on there to, to get to a seven and five type of record. It's fair.
0: And I'll say this now that I'm looking at this, I see that you have your number LSU minus five and that opener against Florida state, which is, I'm using air quotes here, neutral. That's in new Orleans. Um, so LSU minus two and a half, I think, in that opener looks uh, very good to me. And it's everyone's going to be betting it because it is the Sunday night football game of that Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's after that big Saturday slate and you want to watch that Sunday night game. Um, This is one that I would get on early, I think, because I think it closes, you know, more like four or whatever. Um, So if you want an early week one play for uh, that Labor Day weekend when you're, getting to Sunday night and being like, ooh, now I want to bet this game after watching that full Saturday of action. Do yourself a favor, do it now, and get the good number.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no way that number stays at two and a half in, in late August or September. I think it's well over a field goal. I made the number five thinking that that five might even be low. But, but okay. yeah, two and
0: a half, I think, is a steal there. I hope you're right. Um, all right, so there's a week one play for you. On the other side of things, Georgia intrigues me because, like <clears> – <throat> I want to fade them in some way, but the only way that I can find to do it because they're still good enough and there's nothing really in their path in the sec East. The only way to do it is by taking Alabama to win the sec. Because I think even after upsetting Georgia last year, I think Alabama's going to get it again. Um, Because I'll back anything Alabama that you throw in front of me, but <laughs> I, I like, I'm like, is it worth taking any plus money on a Georgia under? I don't like, The most they can lose is one game, just one slip up somewhere in there. schedule wise. I just don't see it. I don't think Georgia is going to be nearly as good as it was last year. And I think we'll see that when they have to play the big dogs eventually, um, the Alabamas and whoever else they may stumble upon in the college football playoff, which I assume they're going to make. You can tell me if you disagree with me. Is there any. Thing in Georgia's way, and if even if you don't think they stumble, is there a team maybe that you think is worth taking the points with against them at any stage in the season? What it would have gotten here for Georgia?
1: Tennessee would be the only team, and that's because the number is what it is. I think right now I'd checked draftings uh, lately, it was six, uh, 15 and a half, 16 range. I think it may be to... what's,
0: what's the date on that game?
1: Do you have it that? It is or... uh, November 5th.
0: I remember fifth. All right, hold on. Let me see. I know
1: know it opened around 15. I I hadn't seen if it's moved at all. It's a Tennessee team that will have a dangerous offense and an offense that that can put up points against a Georgia defense that only returns three starters. Fifteen and a half right now on DK Sportsbook. Yeah, I I think Tennessee is the right side there just because the offense is going to be so good. Georgia returns three guys. Defense, but it's next guy up. They're going to have it's going to be four and five star guys on the field. Talent's not going to be a drop off there. Tennessee is the only one that I look at that I think they're in any danger of maybe slipping up. Oregon to start the season because it's early, but what do we know about Oregon with Cristobal gone and they they probably still have left. I hadn't checked their transfer portal to to know that not a lot of time invested in Oregon. I just when I look at Georgia's schedule, they're going to be considerable favorites over everyone on the schedule and outside of Tennessee there, you know, is, is Kentucky going to beat Georgia at home? I don't think so. We talked about Auburn being down Florida year one. I mean, do you, you know, it's just a schedule. I think that's, you know, that sets up pretty well for Georgia you know, if they were to lose to Tennessee, I don't trust Tennessee to, to go, uh, you know, I guess they would have to go 11 and one to be in a tiebreaker with Georgia to make it out of the East. I just think it's – you know, Georgia's pretty locked in in a matchup with Alabama and Atlanta. I'm with you. Um,
0: any Anything else in that division? It sounds like Tennessee is a team worth backing. They're kind of getting some hype. Um, anything Tennessee-related or, or other teams in the East that catches your eye as, as something that stands out?
1: Tennessee, the over – on seven and a half, I think. You guys had them seven and a half in that, like, 135, 140 range. Pittsburgh is the key game, I think, there. They're going to be favored over everyone other than Alabama and Georgia. I have LSU, a small favorite at home because Tennessee travels to Baton Rouge to play that one. But if you're talking about Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Pitt being the four danger games for Tennessee, then you're talking about our team and you know, eight and four is good to go over. If they were to beat Pitt to start the season, you know, you're talking about a nine-win team. I don't see it. You know, a team like Kentucky's just not been able to beat Tennessee. And outside of you know Georgia and Alabama, I don't have any real fear of Missouri or South Carolina beating them. I think if, you know Tennessee over seven and a half. But I, I love love that play just because I think I think there might be eight wins just because you know the schedule's. If they beat Pitt, it's a nine and three football team. If they lose to Pitt, I think they're an eight and four team. And both of those are good enough to get over that seven and a half both of those are good enough um
0: okay let's roll on to some other conferences here and just do some quick hits um because we used up most of our time here in the sec and the acc um i'm gonna bring up the only team that i think is a real threat to beat alabama in a national title game and for me that's ohio state and we need to see what their defense is going to be because they could have some problems defensively. What I do know is that CJ Stroud throwing to those two, you know, you had two top 11 picks, whatever it was in at wide receiver position, go in the NFL draft. They didn't even play in that bowl game against Utah. And the two receivers that they threw out there were ridiculously good. And they're only going to be better. And the quarterback's only going to be better. Um, Ohio State's another team that I think has the potential to run the table and they're a team that I think will win the Big Ten. They're a team that uh, you seem pretty high on Notre Dame. I would consider, I don't know what you have the number on that opening game at. I'm very tempted to lay the points with Ohio State, but I don't think I'm going to. What I think I'm going to do instead is play the over on a team total on Ohio State in week one because I think that offense is just going to be ridiculous um tell me how you feel about Ohio State and if you disagree with me on them being the second best team behind Alabama who do you think that is
1: after seeing Ohio State last season it's really hard to go uh Big Ten I think is better this year than they were last season my only concern with Ohio State would be on the defense just because they lose quite a bit they return five guys uh the linebacker area would be a bit of concern but it's you know, they're in the conversation with Georgia and Alabama. It's which four or five star do we, you know, name the starter? They play so many games typically in blowout fashion that they get a lot of guys on the field that you may not know their name because they're freshmen or sophomores and it's in a fourth, but they have a guy, they have guys that have seen the field. So it's not like these kids are going to be thrown out there, you know, to the wolves in, you know, their first college football season. That offense is just going to be so good. Uh, They have probably the best receiver in all football and a kid who could be playing on an NFL team right now as a junior in Jackson Smith, Trayvon uh, Henderson is back at running back. You mentioned Stroud, you know, he's going to be in the Heisman conversation. It's an Ohio state team that, you know, 10 wins, I think is the floor. And, you know, it's, it comes down to probably at Penn state or the finale with Michigan, maybe to determine, you know, the pecking order, but, you know, I think the pecking order for at least Ohio State's conversation is, are they second, third, or fourth in the playoff? It's not, you know, what bowl, what other bowl game do they go to? I love Ohio State, and I think they're rightfully, they're in that conversation with Georgia and Alabama in terms of teams that are going to win the title. Outside of those three, I think I think there's a, a pretty good gap. You know, it used to be Clemson was always in there with, you know, the yep. four, with those three. I think it's Georgia, Alabama, and, and Ohio State, and then it's a a decent step before you get to another team that you know that's realistic conversation. Yeah, I'm with you there, um,
0: and I think so. Yeah, I think what you said makes me feel better about going with things like team totals for Ohio State rather than laying big numbers with them early in the season. Um, I made Ohio Ohio State six. Notre Dame.
1: You made so – you, so
0: your number on that game is six.
1: Yeah, Ohio State would be six. So, uh, I give Ohio State two-and-a-half point, edge at home, Notre Dame two-and-a-half. So, basically, move it two-and-a-half to to where the home – where the game's being played. But, yeah, I think it's a six-point neutral field, Ohio State. So, you're going to be on Notre Dame 14-and-a-half. Absolutely. In <laughs> okay. We're locked in there. I You know, part, part of that's because – of when it's played, you know, I think a, a game like that earlier in the season, I feel more comfortable taking a number like that because mm-hmm. I think, I think the money is going to, at least before kickoff, the money will come in on Notre Dame. You probably get a, you know, as the number moves, it wouldn't surprise me an awful lot of Ohio state money comes in, but I think that's once you get under that, that threshold, 14, if you get to 13 or 13 and a half, but if you can give me a two touchdowns and a half, against a Notre Dame team that I think is worthy of being in that top 10 conversation, you know, I'll take two, you know, two plus touchdowns there and, and ride. All right. So we're moving
0: all over the place now. Talk to me about this Notre Dame team. I think their win total set at eight and a half. Um, I'm all, I bet Notre Dame in that bowl game where they puked all over themselves and I don't, I'm not a Notre Dame guy. I don't like backing them with or without Brian Kelly. Um where do you see them where do you see them landing this season you said a top 10 team which you know they'll open i i could see them flirting with becoming that fourth team behind the top 3 that we discussed and i could see them just coming undone and being at the bottom of that top 25 where do you kind of peg them in there
1: you know i, I think they're they're probably a year away before we we talk about them being in you know Playoff conversation or or in that Um, Ohio State, obviously, be a tough game. Marshall, uh, I'm not really concerned about that. Cal, they get North Carolina. You know, the schedule sets up really, really well for them. Uh, They do play Clemson in early November. Uh, We talked about Clemson and, you know, kind of where they are. I think those are two pretty evenly matched teams as far as that goes. USC, you know, do I have concerns that Notre Dame might fall in? Los Angeles there. When I look at the schedule, I just – there's probably four games I have circled. That's Ohio State, Clemson, uh, USC, and that's probably it um, in terms of – so there's really only three that I see Notre Dame slipping up. Um, if they go two and one there, if the loss is to Ohio State, they're a playoff team. If they go one and two, it's – you know, it probably depends on what some other teams do. If they lose all three of those, it's, you know, it's a Notre Dame and a New Year's Bowl and – You know, it's puking all over themselves once again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Kind of something we're used to with Brian Kelly. I'm not sure that, you know, that Notre Dame fans are going to love that. But maybe the bowl game will be against LSU if
0: they uh, get that seventh, if they get seven wins. There's a good one. Uh, How great would that be? (laughs) I I would watch that. I don't know who I would root for, but I would watch it. Yeah. Um, All right. Two power conferences left. I'll give you a team in each of them. Let's start with the Big 12 um last year's champ Baylor I like Baylor a lot this year their win total is sitting at seven and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook I think this is going to be an eight nine win team um I don't see seven and five in there um so I'm kind of springing this one on you I don't know what you what kind of research you have here what numbers you have here but If we're talking Big 12, Baylor is the team for me. I like their over seven and a half. I don't know how you feel about that. Or if anything, any one team jumps out to you in the Big 12 to either back or fade, your favorite kind of Big 12 bet.
1: Yeah, out of the Big 12, it's Oklahoma State or Baylor for me. I don't trust Oklahoma. Uh, It's a Baylor team. The the schedule sets up at non-conference. They should go undefeated. BYU might be a tough out. I just don't have a lot of faith in uh, anyone in the Big Twelve not named Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, you know, whatever. I don't, no faith there in year one. But Baylor at six to one, I think there's, you know, if I was going to play a future out of the Big Twelve, it would be Baylor, um, just because of what they what, what they were able to do last season. I think, you know, it's a team that's that's in that ten, you know, nine and ten win conversation.
0: Baylor plus 600 to win the the Big 12 on DK Sportsbook. I like that. I like the Baylor over. I sense an article coming on the DK playbook very soon um, writing up Baylor. Pac-12. I was a big Utah guy last year. When they lost those two early games, I got very nervous. They needed to win out at one point to get the over on their win total, and they did it they beat up on Oregon twice and i was all over them against ohio state in that bowl game covered i really wish they would have won that game because i was all over the money line as well i like what they have coming into this year i like who they're bringing back um cam rising the rest of that offense they have a good defense they lost some linebackers they should be able to make it up um utah's at 9 wins on dk sportsbook plus 250 or 260 to win the pack 12 I played them early. I played some over eight and a half. Um, I got some plus 400 to win, win the 12. Um, I, th- I think that, you know, USC is going to be good. Um, but I think Utah is my team in, in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, agree or disagree, Tyler? And what else catches your eye in the Pac-12, I guess?
1: Agree. I think they win their side of the division. And then, you know, it's can they win the Pac-12 championship that be, you know, that's the question. I I'll think they're big season, plus
0: money in that game. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, and we'll open. We will have divisions open on DraftKings Sportsbook um, at some point. So if you want to just bet that side, you can bet that
1: side. At Florida, the opener as far as their season win total is a game. I think that could be big, and that big in the difference between are they a ten win team or are they an eleven win team. Schedule sets up beautifully. If they beat Florida. Would not surprise me at all if this is a a double-digit Utah win team. They return eight on offense, uh, defense returns five, but their you know defense is really good. I love love Winningham. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in all of football. Uh, That Florida opener is a a coin flip. If they if they win there at Arizona State, are they gonna? I mean, you know, where where do they slip up? Is is my question. You mentioned USC on October fifteenth. If they beat Florida and they were and they beat USC, this is a team that at that point in the season should be inside the top ten, probably. And you know, coming down the line there with a couple of road games at Colorado and Oregon to close out the season. I mean, I don't want to say that Utah is a. Maybe I am going to say it is Utah Can you a copy that playoff 14? team? Could, yeah, could they make? Them, could they be that one? You know, the, the disruptor out of the Pac-12 that in November are we talking about? Is a 11-0 is Utah with one game to play who's fifth in this college football playoff standings, are they going to make that jump to four if they if they win at Colorado in their finale? And then, you know, I hope so. I You know, out of the Pac-12, that's, you know, they're the easiest team to root for for me. I, you know, I'm anti-USC. I'm anti-Oregon. So, you know, put me down for Utah. I, actually, I love the Utes. Yeah, we're – we're seeing two eye-to-eye here because
0: um, that's my team in the back 12 And I, if and when we throw yes-no to make college football playoff bets up on DK Sportsbook, I'll put up a yes on a huge number. Obviously, we're talking small play here, but I'll, I'll play a yes on a Utah and see where that goes. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that first game against Florida. I love that first game against Florida. I, it's tough because it's on the road at the Swamp. That is kind of tough. But I don't like Florida this year, and I think getting them early is helpful, um, especially against like a more veteran team. I guess like Utah, even though they did lose some bodies on defense. I, I played plus one and a half when it opened on Utah there, and we're looking at minus two on DK Sportsbook, which I still don't mind. I'm I'm all about Utah in that game. I'm about Utah in the futures market. Um, that you know, along with some of those ACC teams we talked about at the top are two of my some of my favorites Um, before we get out of here and we've thrown plenty at you guys listening in terms of bets for week one for look ahead lines for win totals. um, We'll just go out of the power conferences here. And I know Tyler, you got one team you want to talk about quick. And I think I know where you're going with it. And I think I agree.
1: Yeah. Cincinnati Uh, obviously losing Desmond Ritter is tough, but they've got two studs at quarterback uh, Ben Bryant. who was a Cincinnati commit. He's back. And then uh, you've got Evan Prater, highly touted uh, four-star quarterback who's in. Is there going to be a regression at quarterback? Desmond Ritter was, you know, all-time Cincinnati great. Yep. But it's a schedule that sets up. They open with Arkansas right now. I made that number two. It's it's higher than two. Arkansas touchdown. I have not checked DraftKings lately, but was around a touchdown. Yeah. Tough opener, and then it gets really really easy. Kennesaw, Miami, Ohio, Indiana is terrible out of a power conference. And then they go to Tulsa and South Florida. So they're playing one team inside of uh, the top 65 in my power ratings. So I expect them to start out five and one. They have a couple of coin flips at SMU. And then uh, against a pretty good UCF team. It's just a schedule. You know, they play in a conference that is, that has some talent, the schedule dish, they dodge anyone that, that could be dangerous other than central Florida and SMU. So I, the schedule for me sets up uh, they should be a double digit favorite in I've got in eight games of the 12 uh, you know they're not going to be in the conversation of, of college football playoff like last season, but they don't have to be. you <laughs> know if, nope. if they're a nine win, you know if, if they're a, a, if they're a nine and three or 10 and two team, you know we're, we're just fine with that based on uh, based on their win total. But yeah, it's this, the schedule just sets up really, really good. Uh, for Cincinnati. It's a team that uh, Luke Fickle, I have a lot of faith in are uh, the guys 42 and two straight up as a favorite. Uh, he's going to be favored a ton this year. Uh, you know, it's just a team that, uh, that I think will, you know, will still continue to win. Uh, not, not at the clip of, of last season, but you know, there's just not a, a team on there that I'm really scared of outside of Arkansas. Um, all right. I,
0: and I'm kind of with like, I like Arkansas in that game laying like if you're laying six and a half, I like Arkansas in that game, but that doesn't mean that I don't like Cincinnati with the rest of that cakewalk schedule that that's in there. Um, maybe that's my sec bias, but it, things turn easy um, even with the guys that Cincinnati lost. Um all right. That's a lot that we covered. Um, and we probably ran long, so we will cut it here, especially considering that we will have a couple more college football podcasts throughout the summer to throw at you guys. So plenty more information coming. Um, thank you to our guest, Tyler Wyatt. You can find him on Twitter at BetSmartUS. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at unreasonable odd ran out of room for the S you guys probably know that by now you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. Um, And yeah, keep an eye out for more college football articles on the DK playbook coming your way. And, um, of course, some more some more podcasts looking into all this stuff. Um, We will be back. We'll have I keep teasing this every podcast. We will have a baseball podcast with Steve Buchanan at some point. He does still work here and he is still a co-host of this podcast. Um, So we will get there in the near near future. as Samir mocks Steve and says, yeah, right. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it too, Samir. Um, Tyler, thank you for coming on. Appreciate the time. Uh, Everybody go follow him on Twitter. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me.